are back, and it's Christmas time. It's Christmas time, so sing some Christmas music that I can't think of off the top of my head. Uh, Grandma got ran over by a reindeer. <laughs> walking from our house Christmas Eve. Boom, boom. Can't there sing, we go. Can't sing anymore because <laughs> of copyright strikes, probably. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Indeed. It's Christmas Eve. It's time to celebrate. Get some eggnog. Get some whiskey. Get some really dubious moral qualities going on with your family going on. How are you doing today, Brant? Oh, I'm doing well. Doing well. Yeah. Getting ready for the good old hubaloo that's Christmas. Get some eating, some drinking, and some laughter going on. Yeah, I just got done helping my mom set up the turkey. Ooh, fun. Are y'all going to bake it, fry it, or what? Bake it. We don't have a setup for frying because that is a dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my in-laws fry their turkey every year for Thanksgiving, and they have a gigantic drum made for it. It's always a very risky operation because you got to take the turkey out, you got to measure the temperature, and put it back in without exploding. Also, if you don't do it right and you drop it in too fast, it will cause the oil to come out and set fire. Yeah, there was one year there were holes all over in one of their old drums, so they used toothpicks to plug up the holes. <laughs> and it worked somehow. I'm not sure how. Redneck magic. It, mm, that's actually a very good quality to have sometimes in your life. <laughs> uh, how are you keeping that old junker going? Duct tape, couple of clothes hangers, and the great power of the Lord Almighty. Some flex tape will do the job. <laughs> oh my god. Have you seen like how many rednecks in your area have you are using flex tape nowadays? It's freaking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um gosh. So today we're just gonna chat about Christmas in general. What we've been up to the past month, what we're looking forward to in the next month. Just the holidays, just chat and just uh go over what we all do as a family as well. For instance, I'm going to go over to my in-laws pretty soon and make a prime rib roast. And then we're going to dig some live lobsters and chase each other around the house with them. That sounds fun. It, it's, it used to be a safe practice until we started drunkenly, as adults, mind you, taking off all the rubber bands off their claws. So now it's a much more dangerous game. Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, but hey, you got to make surf and turf fun in order to eat it. Or you could just be a sane person and just eat your lobster. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but where's the fun in that? You want to have danger in your life in order to live vicariously through Christmas. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Or you could just watch Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> so my in-laws actually watch A Christmas Story. They put it on They put it on repeat because uh, one of the local TV Which channels. Which version? The old classic. Okay. Yeah, the good one. You just there... can't say A Christmas Story. There's nine different versions of that movie. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I remember, <laughs> one, I remember one year, there was a uh, a musical version of that. It just premiered that year. So we all watched it and we're like, eh, it's okay. Not as good as the original. It's okay. But there's just missing so much. Like, why didn't they put more song about the leg lamp? I love lamp. I love lamp. It's because too many people loved lamp. I know, right? Oh god. So anyway, they put it on they put a Christmas story on repeat and just let it play for the entire twenty four hours from Christmas, from basically Christmas Eve at five o'clock till Christmas 
night at five o'clock and just let it play forever. And sometimes you'll be randomly walking around the house and all of a sudden you just got to go, you'll shoot your eye out, kid! Or some other quote, just randomly. Or, I triple dog dare you. Just randomly throughout the house. It's actually quite endearing. And uh, at my parents' place, which we go to Christmas morning, I'll be making breakfast because I like... My phone dropped. <laughs> I like to make food. How about yourself? Do you do you also uh, carve turkey, or do you do anything else alongside with that? Um, this would be actually the first year I would probably be doing the carving. Usually my mom likes to do all of it. It's kind of cathartic for her. Right, but you just kind of stepped up just because you could, or just other cinematic circumstances? Well, I feel like she's wanting me to do it more. That way, like, hey, now you know how to do it and all this stuff. I was like, okay, sure. It's not like it's hard. <laughs> it really isn't that bad. You just got to wear gloves because the steam gets everywhere. You kind of burn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Alrighty, so what else have you been up to the past month besides being part of the D&D campaigns? Um, well, mostly D&D campaigns. The one I do will be <laughs> the ones I do every Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, the one I did uh, that was on Saturday, then got moved to Friday. So you have, what, four active campaigns going on at any given moment? Uh, let's see here. Wednesday, Thursday. The Friday one, we haven't done anything in a while, mainly because we finished it. And then I wanted to put on hold until after the New Year's before we started a new one. So right now, I only have the three. Well, that's still good, because you can get get a little break going on and kind of put your mm -hmm. creative energies towards the others as well. I'm, I haven't been running the one on uh, Wednesday, because I finished up one, and then everyone else was like, hey, you ran like three games straight back-to-back. -back. How about we do a thing where we rotate out? That's nice, actually. It's really nice when a group can, comes together and says, you take a break, we'll take over for a bit. I like very nice and it gives me a lot of time to kind of recoup and go yeah i brain a lot <laughs> <laughs> my brain gets tired <laughs> Alrighty, so <clears throat> but the friday one was a uh, was buck wild I, my character ended up becoming a deity oh that's fun is it like a 3.5 system still or no it was 5e interesting i'm guessing you were a super high level or some such like that no <laughs> okay. When I got my first DD rank, I was like level ten. Okay, so it was like a kind of like a system where you gain ranks and godhood essentially, depending on what you do. Well, it's because of what my character was doing. So I was set up as a bard, and I had a and I, we were doing the roll system, and he let us roll d twenties, and I got a natural twenty, and I took half elf, so I had a twenty two in charisma. And then whatever I, whenever I would perform, I would use precipitation to make like a super cool laser rock show. Oh God, that's pretty good actually. And that would give me advantage. So I never rolled anything below a twenty on all my uh, checks. I had expertise in my uh, performance and stuff like that. And so basically, you just amassed so many fans and followers, you automatically just ascended to godhood. Yeah, basically. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. I have to admit, I love that kind of stuff. 
it also got to the point where my DM was so frustrated because I was using my um, abilities to get discounts at the stores. <laughs> like at, at the first, my only plan was to get half off at every store in the major city. So I would do a big performance. I like it, like you know, mid twenties. Go to the uh, shop nearby. Like see all those people I just did. Like got all around and everything. If you gave me a discount, I would go say, "Hey, go shop at this store." <laughs> and he, the demons got so fed up with that because, like, there was no like logical argument that he could come up with, like why a store vendor would not take that deal. Oh my god, I love, I love stupid. I, I love it when a plan you make that you don't think should work so well, just goes over critically well. You know what I mean? Yeah, because like the the rest of why I was slanting it like that because as a provider of goods. Having this really skilled bard, you know, saying your praises and putting your name out there, advertising, and and then just giving them half off. That's not bad. Like you're not really losing anything in this deal at all. God, I love that kind of crazy, crazy systems. Uh, so. So yeah, it got to the point where the um, store owners felt like they were so indebted to me because once I nat twenty and I had rolled like a thirty for my um, performance when I had like half the town. <laughs> so all the store owners felt so indebted to me because like this was a capital city, so like thousands of people were buying shit from them. So at, like an at, like a rule of a thirty at that point, do you just? tickle somebody's spinal cord to make them feel good with music at that point <laughs> just reach inside their hippocampus and just squeeze dopamine straight out of it no it's where you make one of those like little earworms kind of like you know we didn't start the fire that they just be like <laughs> one day you'd be sitting there in their home and they see something that makes them think of that song and then the rest of the day that song is just playing in their head oh yeah straight into my brain juice <laughs> and they go, now I need to go buy flour from Kirk's mer mer mercantile store. Wait, why do I need to go do that? Consume. Huh? Consume. <laughs> oh, that's so, uh, the, the store owners all felt so indebted to me that they just, that when I was um, doing stuff for the king and I got my noble title, I was trying to get followers. I was like, hey, you want to join my house and become like my follower? Like, oh, of course we do. Didn't even have to roll a persuasion check. <laughs> So I got a blacksmith and enchanter. Oh my god, I love this. This is such a Oh, I love this funny, funny stuff. Oh my god. And all this was done by level six. Man, so how did the other campaigns hold up to that you were playing? <laughs> I mean, I was running everything else. Okay, that's fair. No one became gods. I didn't even really... That's not even a thing in 5e. He's just like, you know what? Why not? Let's have this a thing. There, you already have, like, hundreds of people who basically follow you, do whatever you want, because you're so fucking charismatic. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't like, hurt that I haven't rolled below 20. I mean, if you want to give me free stuff, GM, go ahead and give me free stuff. That's what it is, right? Yeah, he even came up with, like, this town that I went through that had a cult that was dedicated to me. God. <laughs> they gave me a pet uh, alehouse drake. Like a little uh, mead dragon thing. Okay. I was like, sure. 
Why not? I named him Belch. Oh my god. He was uh, Belch the Dra Alehouse Drake. So what about the other campaigns that you've been running? How are those going? Um, like I said, the Wednesday game was done. Right. That one was just a fun, feel-good, let's-go-fuck-stuff-up game. It was a pirate adventure. Oh, I always love that kind of stuff. Just a very, let's go kill stuff. Let's get money. Let's be powerful. The setup of it was they were uh, shipwrecked on this island, and they found that it was dedicated to some god, and there was a sand pit. Whenever they buried stuff there, the god gave them rewards based on the value of what they buried there. Right, yeah, we've talked about this before, actually. So that campaign finally mm -hmm. came to a close. Came to a close a bit ago, and we just did a one-shot by another player, and he was pro he's planning on turning that into a homebrew module, <laughs> and we gave him feedback and stuff on that. Oh, that's really nice. I like that. Uh, Thursday, we finished the game we were doing and then one of my players like hey i want to do something sci-fi how about we run stars without number oh i've heard about that but i have never played it actually it's pretty fun it's a little odd how the rules work it's a really fluid system and how the combat works it's definitely not set up to be a combat driven game it's more intensive on the role play isn't it yes that's interesting Always... Because how the combat works is your movement is locked. So, like, once you choose to use your movement action, you have to use all of it or none of it. That's interesting. I have, I'm always appreciative of other systems besides just D&D 5e because mm -hmm. 5e does put a lot of importance on the combat, but there are still influence in the RP sections all the same. D&D, since, like, second edition, has done pretty good about balance RP and combat yeah and combat is just another flavor of rp honestly that's what mm -hmm. it is but I'm, I'm always interested to try out other systems in general mm -hmm. like god i've gotten a lot of fill though from the 40k rpgs i i've had a kind of a weird relationship with the 40k franchise we've talked about that before oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> oh man but It'd be interesting to put 40k in the hands of Winter and Mike in our RPG group to see what happens. Die? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Mutate, become chaos spawn, that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah, there was just be a lot of death. <laughs> so, besides that though, our current D&D group I think is actually going pretty, pretty fun in different directions than I kind of expected. So, y'all have been doing things I did expect and have been able to kind of guide towards a goal in mind but there's also little aspects here and there that y'all do that kind of put me off the beaten path admittedly as a dm which i find endearing and fun oh anything particular uh i like how much rattler for instance is really really deep in the dwarven culture like yeah you, you rattler grew up in it but i love just how much you're trying to bring it out and every opportunity. I kind of like that a lot, actually, because it makes me mm -hmm. kind of flex pretty hard. Uh, I like how miserable Willard is. <laughs> <laughs> Just always going wrong somewhere is his motto, it seems. I feel like a lot of it's more of, like, the Winter does not know how to make good decisions. I think, honestly, it's great. And I'm going to say that Willard making not good decisions... I think that actually fits very well with the character he's got in mind, honestly. PTSD, surly, 
war veteran kind of character. Mm-hmm. So I'm loving that. But Mike's playing with a Russian tiefling character pretty well, too, so I'm enjoying. <laughs> He's always going bush of voice, bush of voice. He's leaning into the Russian so hard. It's hilarious. I, I love it. I love it so hard. I'm going to start introducing his family members pretty soon. <laughs> uh, and I have another personal game with some friends we run as well. And in that, I'm actually playing a bugbear samurai grandpa. So that's, mm. that's super fun. Just old, retired families, like, all grown up, moving on without him. So he said, screw it. I'm coming out of retirement. I'm going to go adventuring. And so he just goes on adventuring, and he's a food critic. <laughs> That's kind of like what I made for the one shot. I made a, uh, a dwarf whose life goal is to become the first master chef of the dwarven race. There you go. Do you take the gourmand feat? Uh, no, I took a great weapon master mm. because we were only level five. Oh, that's fair. Uh, I think we're, we just hit level four and I'm taking the gourmand feat because... Just because it fits the character. <laughs> if, I had, if we had, like, a little A or something, I would definitely have taken it. It's just, like, I know we're going to a dungeon, so, it's like, I need to have damage. <laughs> I also love that I'm a grandpa by, like, 65 and bugbear years. But the rest mm -hmm. of my party is a Luxodon, an Azamar, a Halfling, and they can all just naturally outlive me and are middle-aged at least by a, a, a hundred years. So it's like, yeah. I'm super young compared to y'all, but I'm a grandpa. This is a weird feeling. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we have a little goblin who rides my shoulder and heals me constantly in battle, so it works out too. <laughs> Technically, because I'm like, what, seven and a half feet tall as a bugbear? The little goblin's like three feet tall at most. He mm -hmm. just sits on my shoulder and heals me and shoots crossbows in combat. It's lovely. And uh, besides that... I'm just getting ready for my honeymoon, which takes place in two days. So, woo! Have fun. Yeah, it's going to be in Vancouver. And we found out it's going to rain the entire week we're there. Sounds about right. And it's going to be 45 degrees the entire time we're there. Sounds about right again. <laughs> right? Jesus. Uh, but for real, though, I'm very much looking forward to it. I haven't, I've never been to Canada proper. And I'm just looking forward to seeing something new and weird. And I think Vancouver is a very weird city. It's in the I... mystical land of Canada. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but it is kind of fun looking at like the things you can do. We're going to uh, have a date on a suspension bridge park, for instance. Like, That's all... pretty neat. Yeah, it's all these redwood trees in a park. There's suspension bridges all between them. They have Christmas lights that night. It's going to be really fun. I'm looking forward to that a whole hell of a lot. And you start your master's program next month, don't you? Yes, I do. Man, that is really cool. You excited and both kind of anxious at the same time? Uh, I'm more, yeah, basically a little bit combination of that. I'm not sure what to expect 100%, as I've never really done much with this work. And I was going through um, some stuff I didn't know I have to do for orientation. And I'm like, man, what am I getting myself into? I've had like 14 different things. <laughs> like read, prep, read, prep, that kind of stuff. Well, not only that, but, like, I had to go through this, like, HIPAA training and stuff like that. Mmm, that makes sense. Yeah, and did you, did you say that it's going to be a mostly in-person kind of classroom environment or mostly online? 
it's a they said it's like a 75 percent in in person and the other 25 percent is online okay so i will say from watching my wife go through master's program you're going to be spending a lot of time at home just doing straight up homework after work every day so there is that well yeah my wife is about to get done with her master's so woo that's good too so you have you have a pretty good frame of reference then yeah all right well i'm looking forward to seeing how you do on that that's gonna be really fun and interesting at the same time it's gonna be super stressful but that's any master's program though isn't it yeah <laughs> yeah what are, what are your classes looking left look so far oh well, it's uh, counseling so stuff around that mm. so kind of introductory kind of coursework into that and just laying out the groundwork for the program Mm-hmm. well that's gonna be kind of cool I'm going to start applying for my master's program, actually, sometime next month. I'm going to start, like, getting at my references, getting my letters of rec, getting everything, getting all my ducks in a row, essentially, as I get ready for the program to apply for, at least, I should say. So, woo. Not nearly as fun as you have it, apparently. <laughs> um, besides that, I'm just looking forward to Christmas itself. I've been woodworking, I've been make, hand-making all my gifts this year, so I'm excited to see how that goes. Remember, I'm a novice, so if it's shit, just wait for a bit. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually my preface <laughs> to, to both families, is alright, this is gonna be kinda rough. It's gonna look rough. If you need me to fix it in like a month, I can do that. But be aware, I am like a month into this. Like, I made my brother an axe, for instance. So that's going to mm -hmm. be really interesting to see what happens. It's like, either, hey, it doesn't fly off the handle, or, oh shit, the handle's missing. Or, more accurately, oh shit, the head just went flying off somewhere. Don't go get it yet. Oh, boy. Um, I also, one of my D&D &D buddies came over here yesterday, and I gave him his personalized gift. It was just a spell book. You know those D&D mm -hmm. uh, &D spell cards they have out there? Yeah. So I took that, some page protectors, and a really pretty color binder, and I just put all the cards in there by, like, uh, School of Magic, our um, spell level, alphabetical order, and gave him, hey, here's your spell book, because you like to play spellcasters in your games. And it's like... That's sweet. Yeah, it's like, yay, that's an easy gift to give, too, if you want any uh, hints for yourself in the future. <laughs> like, it's it's seriously so simple and easy. Just take a binder, card protectors, like a $20 pack of cards, and you're golden. Do they have all the cards now? Um, I think they're getting caught up. I know they have some spell cards, which are, like, from uh, Xanthar's Guide to Everything. Those are just recently printed, I believe. And okay, so they're they're almost caught up. I think there's only one more printing they're gonna have to do with the current books. Yes, and I think I think after that they'll be completely caught up. But that's honestly great because the base uh, spell cards they have out some ex uh, some are covered in other expansions like the uh, mm -hmm. like the monster guide and things like that. So mm -hmm. it's a good progress point at least. So I'm looking forward to see what happens there. And God, I am trying to push my wife so hard to find time to watch The Witcher. I I watched that. At, I was like, okay, this is all right. It seems like they're bas basing it off the books, which I've not read. But I kind of dig that actually. Mm -hmm. uh, I haven't watched a single thing yet. How far are you in it? I did three episodes. The pacing I feel like is a bit off. Right. 
Um, the cinematography is pretty decent. And the choreography is really good, too. Eh, that's alright. I wish there was more fight scenes. Well, like, that's... I watched the three episodes, there's, like, one fight scene with Geralt in the first episode. Hmm. Um, one fight scene with Geralt in the second episode. I don't think there was a fight scene with him in the third episode. But yeah, there's, like, other fight scenes going on. Like, there's, like, a war happening. You get a bit of that and stuff. But, like, it feels more like kind of like a drama well, than... Uh, I guess they're trying to make a, a cohesive story because if they're covering the books, the first two or three books are... All, mo the first two books are mostly short stories in a collection series, essentially. Mm -hmm. So if they're trying to cover the events of that book, they have to make kind of uh, an overarching plot somehow. But I also hear it's, like, anachronistic, like, there's it takes place in different points of time. I don't know. It's... So far in the first one, it's definitely in the first book, because it's where he gets his title, The Butcher of, of Balvia. Ah, yes. Okay, 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 that's pretty good. And that's where he, uh, the, like, the third episode is where he meets Dandelion. So, yeah, there is a fight scene in the third episode, but it's, like, really quick. God, I love Dandelion. Dandelion? Dandelion? I've heard so many different ways of saying it for some reason. But yes, the bard friends. I love that. Yeah, it was so great how their friendship started. I also, I've, I've seen reports apparently that Henry Cavill apparently was just busting through his metal, his leather armor because he was so bulky. Ah. <laughs> Which I just find hilarious. Uh, have you also watched that Mandalorian show on Disney Plus? No, I've not gotten Disney Plus. I'm piggybacking off of a friend's account, so it's free for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've watched three episodes, and I have to say, it's actually pretty cool. It's a decent show. I've heard the main thing people have against it is they wanted it a little longer, and it feels a little soap opery. I mean, it is basically just like a soap opera, western, samurai kind of show, all mixed into one. It's, I mean, that's mm -hmm. what it is. But it actually works out pretty well. It's not really soft, or it's not really... Um, expected as you can see from most of the star wars films recently mm -hmm. but it's it's got some really cool moments in there it's got some great action it's got some great character uh motivations here and there and it's got enough underlying plot that kind of reveals itself slowly throughout the series so far that i'm just i'm entertained by it it's not like the best thing in television ever but i'm very much looking forward to watching more of it so yay which is more than i can say about the recent movie I haven't looked at... Huh, how do I say this? I haven't actually gone out to see it. But I threw out some theories I had that I hated to a friend who did see it, and he said yes or no questions. So, yes or no answers to that. So, meh. And also, Cats. That freaky movie. Bombed. Super hard. <laughs> we all expected that. When you make something that makes even the furry community uncomfortable... That's about animals. Yeah, it's mostly the naked human faces on the feline bodies that look really out of place. <laughs> you know you did something wrong. <laughs> yeah, no joke. I mean, Christ, at least, like, what was it, Paramount? Fixed Sonic when they did that. They fixed that. Well, it was either that or watch their thing tank and burn to the ground because the entire community is like, ha, nope. And they started memeing the shit out of it. Yeah, there were some pretty hardcore memes that first, like, what, hour? 
my favorite one was like Jumanji Monkey, and then the Sonic is like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and now they're calling that old Sonic the the Abomination, just like yeah. a title. <laughs> the Sonic community is remember the Abomination, never let it die. <laughs> but hey, now we got like a really good Sonic, and like I might just, I might I might go see that. I, I might go see that. It looks it looks stupid but silly. It looks a lot better. It looks like I won't regret dedicating a little bit of time to watch it. Yeah, it's like, go to the theater, buy a beer, watch the movie, and you go, ha, good, I got a laugh, and you're satisfied. I think so, at least. Because, let's be honest, no one expects anything above just decent from Sonic anymore. <laughs> uh if yeah. it can reach the bar of decent, we're proud of it because, well, just looking at the Sonic games, unlike Sonic Mania, which was done by Sonic fans, that so Team Sonic is like, hey, can we uh, buy that and say we did it? And guess what? That was one of the best Sonic games in like a straight up like decade and a half. Decade, yeah. <laughs> then there was Sonic Colors, and I think Sonic Colors was actually a good one too. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> I mean. At this point, can you really say if Sonic's doing better than the Fallout franchise? Uh, it still has fans don't that do not want to crucify it, so yes. <laughs> I feel like if anyone in Bethesda steps out in the dark alleyway in the wrong time of night, they may not be seen again. I mean, Jesus, there's still stuff coming out a year plus later about Fallout 76. I've seen some really, like cringy horrifying like news articles and like well, there's like four dedicated youtube channels that are about making sure that no one forgets what bethesda has done with 76 my my favorite is is the jimquisition uh because mm -hmm. he just has an entire segment called bethesda did a naughty and it works so well because oh what happened recently well hackers figured out a way to steal people's entire inventories so that's one. Or how about the one thing they figured out they can make the assets appear? From Where, Fallout like, 4. Oh my god. <laughs> because Bethesda's like, oh yeah, this is a whole new game. We're spending, we spent a year and a half of development making the same from scratch. And then like two hackers on a Sunday were like, oh yeah, that's all bullshit. Here's all this, the um, assets from Fallout 4 and Fallout 3. And they can just make NPC companions a thing. Like, yeah, and Jesus they brought Christ. the helicarrier in, like that giant ass thing. The Pridwin, yes. Yeah, the Pridwin, yeah. Oh my god, it really does show again and again how lazy they made Fallout 76. It's just, Fallout 76 is just the laziest game they made. Oh. It's making EA look good. And that's a challenge. <laughs> that's, a, that's a challenge, man, right there. Jesus Christ. You know, before Bethesda did all this shit, and Blizzard did, you know, their Sopoku and in front of everyone and disemboweled themselves. EA was like, "Oh fuck!" Swiping sweat off his brow. We're go we're gonna need to make some up shit. We're gonna need to get everyone back in our favor. We f Disney is gonna kill us. And then somebody's like, "Hey, let 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 the guys who made Apex and Titanfall just make their own game by themselves and don't interfere." Okay, what what what's the worst they could do? Apparently and then while they're talking, while they're, while they're having those talks, oh yeah, by the way, Blizzard just killed themselves. Oh my god. <laughs> oh thank god, that takes a lot of weight off us. So, let's just put some effort into this, we don't have much to lose. Oh yeah, by the way, Bethesda just killed themselves. 
Oh, wow. We got some breathing room. All right, let's turn out another <laughs> shitty FIFA, and no one will notice. Mm-hmm. Let's just be traditional EA. Let's put out our FIFA. Yeah, we already released our NBA game. Did we release Madden? Okay, cool, cool. We got our ducks in a row. All right. Lay low now till next year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Jesus. There was a podcast I listened to where somebody was talking about the game industry, the games industry, and he was talking, <laughs> and, and someone argued with him about game developers, and this argument of guy said there's three companies he always relies on called the 3B. Bioware, Blizzard, and Bethesda. <laughs> like, ten years ago. And it's like, oh, ten years later, how is that looking for you, buddy? <laughs> you know, ten years ago, that's fine. He, he was right. You could rely on... You could rely on those three, but now... Ooh, let's see what happened. Uh, which fell first? Bioware. Bioware... The people left. And then they EA took to... over, and then the core people who produced all the games that we love, like the first two Mass Effects, Jade Empire, Dragon Age, Dragon Age they left. And uh, then we got Mass Effect Andromeda, and it was like a, ooh, boy. You're going to skip over three. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that ending. The game was fine. It was great until the last five minutes. Well, 20 minutes. But those but five know. minutes made the whole, like, 30-plus hours you put in that game just... Fall flat and die. Yeah. So, after Bioware, which fucked up first? Blizzard. Yeah. It's like, oh, what are we going to do, guys? Well, World of Warcraft is going to get worse every year, so let's just ignore that. <laughs> uh, don't you guys have phones? We're going to solely dedicate ourselves to phones now. Bye! <laughs> also, we're canceling StarCraft. Bye! Also, we pay people to play Hearthstone and, uh, sorry, Here's the Storm? Nope, not anymore. Bye! <laughs> oh, also, fuck Hong Kong. Oh, God. Jesus Christ. I love how the president of Blizzard came out during BlizzCon and basically said, mm, We're sorry you had to see that. But we're not really sorry about what we did. <laughs> Freaking. God, that was disgusting. Here's Overwatch 2. Bye! <laughs> yeah, no joke. Overwatch 2, here's Diablo 4, because y'all bitched about it last time. So stop complaining at us. Give us your money. <laughs> oh, God. And the funniest thing is he came up with like an LGBTQ kid, uh, uh, pin on his lapel. That mm -hmm. they they voluntarily censored it out when they showed it to China. <laughs> that's that's hilarious. That's yeah, exactly. Blizzard is just a slug at the bottom of the barrel of the games industry, going money. And, yeah. <laughs> but to be fair, you could say that Bethesda kicked the bucket over first last year when they released Fallout seventy six and yeah, Elder but... Scrolls Blades. Yeah, but no, nothing was caused by that until, like, midway through this year. Mm, yeah, that's that that that's fair. That's fair. You were getting like whispers and stuff, but it wasn't until like May, maybe June, oh. that everything coalesced, and that you had the channels made, that you had the army starting to gather with the pitchforks. You had, you had literal YouTubers make channels 
and pay their rent off the Fallout 76 coverage. Yep. Uh, remember the Nuka-Cola bottle of rum? Oh, yeah! <laughs> the really shitty generic rum bought at a freaking bar coming in a this really crappily made plastic container that's the shape of a Nuka-Cola bottle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the nylon bag collector's edition. That was actually the first thing that people started to collect around was the nylon bag. Oh, yeah. Because some people didn't get it. And when they did get it months later, it was just a crappy little nylon bag that was not canvas and gave people a leeway for an open face lawsuit against Bethesda. Didn't some people get like rashes too from it? Uh, Yes, they did because of of improperly treated chemical lining on the nylon bags for packaging. It was a shit fest and Bethesda was literally sued successfully for false advertising on that. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. They lost a lot. Also, the jackets. You remember the jackets? Vaguely. That was kind of swept up with the whole um, Pip-Boy incident, because some people who did the <laughs> um, Collector's Edition for 4 were coming out around that time period, too, because they never got them. And when they did get the... like, They were like the second shippings. Like, some of them were broken, or... They didn't do the, the click-in, or they didn't fit the phone like they were supposed to. So that was setting up another lawsuit. Mm-hmm. Oh, Todd Coward. Todd Coward. <laughs> Promised us so many things, but failed to deliver. It's like, it's like that entire No Man's Sky situation all over again, but at least No Man's Sky recovered. Because they actually fell, they fell through. A year later, yeah. but they fell through. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. They did come up with what they promised a year later, and Fault No Man's Sky apparently is an actual fun game to play nowadays. However, a year plus later, and Fault 76 is a broken piece of shit. That they're thinking of what will fix it, literally set it on fire, and turn that into a PvP uh, battle royale. Oh. And and a year plus later, they're finally getting NPCs in there with one of their recent updates, whatever. The fun robots. Yeah, right. It, actually, no, they have re- they have humans in there apparently called oh, the Wastelanders. Okay, okay. Just finally, a year later, people have been asking for it since day one. It's like Christ Almighty. And the funniest thing to me is whenever they make updates, they roll back the netcode. So whenever they do patches and updates. Whenever they find something pre-exists that's a problem, they roll it back to the previous edition so the problem no longer exists. But then mm-hmm. other problems pop up from previous patches. It's like, this isn't an upgrade. You're straight up downgrading us. Christ. And it's those rollbacks that exposed the code. Because like when they were um, setting up things for that like the free weekend... They were installing that new patch, and apparently, like, they didn't do it right, and it left open the source code, and that's why those hackers were able to get in there. Oh, God. God bless the hackers. God bless the Bethesda community for standing up and saying, fuck you to Bethesda. <laughs> oh, remember the class warfare that happened last month? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, you buy the subscription model of 100 bucks a year, and you get a shiny little token on your head. And the people who didn't buy that would just beat you to death in public in the game. (laughs) 
God, talk about talk talk about painting a target on your back. Just buy the expensive crap that nobody else can. Oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. Mm. Activision's looking decent now. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like that. (laughs) I don't like that at all as a thought process. Oh. If you also want to talk about, if you also want to talk about mediocre uh, results, you can look at the most recent Pokemon game. You know, it's just you, you fucked up somewhere when Activision's actually an upswing. Oh my god! Talk about setting the bar to a new low. Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, but no, we can talk about Sword and Shield. That I was like, this could be a decent game, and it very well could have been a decent game if they put another like. 10 hours of development time and to take out those horrifying bugs. Oh my god, just just 10 hours would have made it better, but mm-hmm. there's so many things... <laughs> Do you want to? I'll put you on. <laughs> oh, are we going to get some information from the wife here? And she was like, sitting back there like, oh, I could talk about that because she, she like me, was like played a lot of the older games and been a Pokemon fan for a long time. And she's like, you know what? After she beat the game, she put that up. I'm never touching this game again. <sighs> So that's the same situation with me and my wife. She played, she just got into it in Generation 4 with the DS. Mm-hmm. I was playing since Game Boy days, and we're both like, all right, we beat the game. I do not want to come back to this game. Yeah, I beat it. I did the Battle Tower, which is fine. It's actually the only challenge in the game. Is it challenging? Because I haven't been able to, I, I haven't gotten into it yet. It is the only challenge in the game. Oh boy. You beat it. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, no, I yeah, yeah. Also, why the hells are only like 20 trainers? <sighs> and Jesus Christ. Uh, I I the I hate the fossil pokemon. I hate them so goddamn much. I thought they were quirky. I liked the fact that you're like, you know what? Let's just make abominations. I don't like the abominations. The fish head one creeps me out the most because it's just on a tail or it's upside down for the other version. It's pretty funny. (laughs) Oh, God, it freaks me out the most. The bird one is pretty weird, too. Oh, Arctovolt or Arctozolt, I think. Yeah. Oh Jesus! <laughs> their their lives are just pure misery at that point. There's the there's a reason these things went extinct. <laughs> I will say there are some good moments in that game that are actually kind of fun. Like some of the designs, I kind of like a lot. Like I kind of dig quite a bit. But giant maxing and giga maxing, man, just sorry, dynamaxing and giga maxing are just really bad. They're stupid. It's a bad gimmick. Um, Most of the community agrees. The whole region needs a rehaul. Like, give us more trainers, please. The fact that after you get done with the 7th badge and you get ready for the Bleed 4, if you haven't done, like, max raid battles to get the candy and stuff, you're in for, like, a 10-hour grind so that you can be up to, like, the low 60s to match the champion. Oh, I... I didn't mess with Champion, and I wiped him out, actually. Really? Because, like, I was, like, low, like, mid-40s, low-50s, but when I got done, 
with all the stuff before the champions like okay i need to get ready for the leap four they're usually like in the mid 50s 60s and the champions usually got like a 70 I... and then i'm going sorry i didn't have that going on for me i just got some basic max raid i, I got some basic raid candies from like the introductory sessions and whatnot i think mm -hmm. i did it three times and i put all the candies on like one pokemon my my uh toxic my toxicity yeah mm -hmm. toxicity and uh that's the only pokemon that had anything on him and i still managed to beat the leon really quickly oh boy but do go on yeah. but no i was like i got to the point i was like 52 for my, my lead pokemon which was my starter the score bunny which was a cinder ace is a 21 and then yeah. all my others were like high 40s like oh man this is this is bad. I need to get some more levels, but I beat all the fucking trainers. <laughs> Go out to the wildlands, find some of those. Yeah. That's what I did. I was like, this Ooh. is stupid. I hate this. It really does show that an open concept Pokemon world could be fun if treated properly. Also, I don't like the fact that after you beat the game, the wild area loop that cool thing where it had low level Pokemon in certain sections and then high level Pokemon in certain sections. After you beat it, they're all 60 everywhere. Oh, Jesus, really? Yeah, unless you do the max raids, then the levels will be different, but all the Pokemon in the wild will become the highest that they can become. Oh, that's so dumb. Oh, yeah, that's really I don't, dumb. I don't understand why they did that. It makes it really hard to make like new teams and get ready for your... like If you were going to do online stuff, it makes it really hard for you to do the breeding and leveling up and all that stuff. I've never found anyone online to do max raids with. I always have to use the NPCs. Mm -hmm. That is so ridiculous, considering how much they pushed and pushed and pushed for the raid system to be a thing. I... They, mm, Game Freak is a lockdown. They made it kind of necessary, too. That if you want a decent move, you're gonna have to go to the max raids to get it. And I like how one of the gym leaders in storyline is like, I can't giant max, so I'm just gonna do the best I can. It's like mm -hmm. that's a really cool freaking concept that's only here because everyone else uses a busted ass mechanic. So good job you for being the only gym leader without any kind of giant maxing. Well, I love that he's also like a punk rocker and he's like also challenging people not to dynamax and like like we don't need it. It's cool to do, but you can be a great trainer without it. Oh my god. Ugh. It makes me just want to pick my 3DS again and just go back to playing Black and White. That was my favorite, favorite game out of the generations. Soul Silver and Heart Gold were. I mean, that's fair. The best, in my opinion. No, they they are better, but I just love Black and White and Black and White Two because it had really cool designs and a better story than most of the other ones did. Yeah, the, it's Black and White has a pretty solid story. Um. Fourth gen will always have a special place in my heart because Cynthia is the first champion. I was like, "Oh, you're gonna fuck me over," and she does really hard. <laughs> like it took me, I think, ten tries to beat her. Finally, Jesus. Like Blue, even as a five-year-old, when I first started playing, I didn't really have that hard of a time beating him. Lance, he, he's a joke, really. If you have a good like Steel type or Ice type, you can just roll through him and not even really blink. Yeah, that's true. Um, Steven, just have a fire and ground type. He's not an issue. Uh, I feel like Adler and Iris and Black and White gave some challenge, but not much. <laughs> not much uh, I Iris was a worse 
Lance. That's true. He had lots of uh, ice-type vulnerabilities. And um, Adler is, in my opinion, one of the worst champions of the entire series. Oh, just damn. slightly above um, Gen 6 champion Diantha. And my reason for that one is you don't even fight him in the first game. He gets his ass kicked by N. That's true. That's very So true. right there, that makes him probably one of the worst champions because you don't even fight him to beat the game. I would still place him above the most recent champion, Leon, honestly. I, mm, I, I like I like Leon as a character better than Adler. Eh. I do say, I want to say, Diantha was such a nothing character, though. Yeah, and she's just bland and nothing to her. I mean, she's pretty, but that's about it. That's her really it. so bad. Like, I had three fire types, and she had, like, three rock types, and I was, like, 15 levels below her, and I steamrolled her without yeah. ever mecha-evolving. Yeah, and her mecha-evolved Gardevoir, I mean, it can do some damage, but not really too much. X and Y was a fun generation, though. I have to admit that much. It, it had the best grinding mechanics. Like, it the really Chateau did. was the best place to grind. It really, really was, honestly. And it was also really easy to grind for egg hatching, too. Yeah. Gen 6 did a lot right, and it also introduced the best online system, the PSS. Oh, God, I missed that. Why do they get rid of that for freaking Sword and Shield? Oh. Or the Battle Festival. Mm. Mm -mm 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 -mm. Bad. <laughs> PSS was amazing how quick and, like, you didn't even have to think about it, really. is click, click, done. I really want Game Freak to stop making Pokemon games at this point. <laughs> just give it to another studio to try. Just give it to someone else. I don't know else. how much of that's Game Freak's fault in the Pokemon company. I mean, the Game Freak is the ones who make the game, and they own part of the Pokemon company. That's what it is. Yeah, but the Pokemon company is the parent company that controls all the um, release dates and all the setting up of the deals. I thought the Pokemon Company was controlled by Nintendo and Game Freak and another company, Creatures, equally. No. So how, like, it, that is kind of like how it works with the money stuff, but the main person who makes decisions is the Game Freak um, CEO, who is the Pokemon CEO. Oh, yeah, and he's kind of an asshole. That's what it is. Because he kind of goes, I don't believe in making endgame content, or I don't think these games should have any kind of challenge at all. Or like I don't that. know how much he has like in the game development, but he's also he's the one who puts the dates, yeah. and he's the one who controls the um, funding. Yeah, I think his name is is it is it Junichi Matsuda? I think so. Right, right, yeah. Don't like him. <laughs> but yeah, he's the one that could make things better by giving us larger time for development. And I understand, like, where it comes to the anime, because the way they set up is where it all comes bam, 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 one after the other. Yeah, but annualizing a game franchise doesn't make it good. Look what happened to Assassin's Creed. No, it Creed. doesn't. Look what happened to Assassin's yeah. Creed. Jesus. And the only time that they got out of sync is why Orange Island exists. Mm. That was them filling up the time because they needed it to make the second generation. Mm. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And the reason why... Um, Johto lasted a little longer than it was supposed to was because they needed time to finish up the third generation, mainly Emerald. And go over from the Game Boy Advance, maybe go from the Game Boy area to the Game Boy Advance technology, too. Mm -hmm. Just kind of like buff it up. But mm -hmm. 
<sighs> but then you get games like Breath of the Wild, which was like two years older than Pokemon, and oh, man, it's so much better. Well, they spent better. time. They put like five six and years, a half. I think. Yeah, six years of development of that. And guess what? It looks way freaking better. It's ridiculous. Holy crap. Mm. I feel like a lot of stuff would be solved if Game Freak got a proper budget and a staff increase because they only have like 15. They have so little people. It's ridiculous. Mm -hmm. They need at least like triple the amount of people at the very least. Christ. For a AAA developer, yeah. They're the smallest AAA developer. They have a group of 100 employees for the entirety of Game Freak. Yeah, I wonder how much crunch they experience because there's so little of them. Well, that's not even just developers. That's everything. That's like artists, developers. Um, production managers. Production managers, ma uh, managers. It's, it's, it's so ridiculous. It's so backwards. So out of that 100, probably maybe 15 are actual developers. I know. It's so weird. Like, seriously weird. Usually 100 is just the development team for a AAA company. I mean, the game, people who make uh, freaking Monster Hunter World had like a like 300 on them, essentially, by themselves. Mm -hmm. And guess what? That game is the best. Monster Hunter Iceborne is probably one of the best games of the year, in general. Just, it is slick. Yeah, it's so good. And Winter refuses to play it because he just doesn't like Monster Hunter, apparently. But... I mean, that's fair. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, Monster Hunter Iceborne is one of the best games, and it's it was given time, it was given budget, and it was given a large team. And it's Capcom's biggest moneymaker for the year over even Resident Evil and Devil May Cry 5. Well, it helped that they didn't have to make a whole thing from scratch. They carried over a couple assets. True. And they just copied and pasted the first game code onto this. It's essentially a DLC, but it's like, what, five hours game time or something like that? Eh, I'd say like five to six, but it, it just does so much for the entire series, too. There's a lot of um quality of life stuff. I've been also looking at videos of the most recently released monsters, and man, they're fun looking. <laughs> oh, Stygian Zenogre? Mwah. Great. Love it. Love it so much. You get an electric guitar that shoots dragon energy. It's glorious. I know, right? Uh, and... I will say... <laughs> So there's also uh, a, a remaster, essentially, of Fire Emblem If, or the Fire Emblem Shin Megami Tensei Idol Singer game. Do you know that one? Mm -hmm. That's coming to the Switch, I think, like next month or two. Let me just get this out right here and probably anger a few people. The Switch is my favorite Nintendo console. Oh, no, it's the best. Like, seriously, the best. It's... I mean, I have fond memories of the 64 and the GameCube and even the Wii, sometimes the Wii U, but the Switch is just the better console. Like, it does what Nintendo is best at in everything. Nothing has been able to touch them handheld, and this continues that. It also has the niceness of being a home console when you fl flop those things into your little, like, controller thing and make a proper controller. I mean, or if you go into wireless controllers. The only threat they ever had was, was, was Sony when they did the PSP. I didn't even consider that threat. It, it oh, was no. Not it was good. No, the PSP sold, like, hotcakes. It was a good, good system. PS Vita flopped super hard and didn't do jack diddly. I didn't like the PSP. It didn't fit my hands well. And when I tried to play it, because I had, like, bigger hands, all my, like, when I hit that square, I always, like, smudged or scratched the screen. 
the PSP came around the same time as the Nintendo Advance and SP, so it was just a more powerful technology competitor, and it had mm-hmm. a lot of good games on it. So it actually did really, really well for the time. Mm-hmm. But PS Vita, not so much. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Well, I was just saying my personal opinions. Oh, no, PSP. no, I get you. I get you entirely. But anywho, uh, I am actually quite looking forward to my Shin Megami Tensei Fire Emblem Idol Singer RPG quite a bit next month. How about you? Do you think they're going to make a Monster Hunter fishing game like they did for Final Fantasy? Oh my god, I would love that. <laughs> is that the, is the Final Fantasy one on like PSR or PSV, uh, PS Virtual Reality VR? only? VR, I... I think i i don't know i only remember them talking about it on i think it was like two years ago on e3 yeah like it's already out and everything but it's like such a niche game you know what i mean we we, no one like expected anything from it because like oh yeah it's for those people (laughs) i remember reading a, a a dm's article and this dm introduced a fishing system to his characters and he got really in depth he had at least 40 species of fish per area in a, in a in a given, like, country. Like, he split it between, I think, five regions. There were a minimum 40 species of fish per region. Some harder to get, some easy to get. And they all had different qualities, different aspects to them. Some could be used for magical components. Some were just used for food. Some were just used for just weird-ass ingredients and other mechanic systems. And he fleshed out this entire system for it introduced fishing mechanics and everything and only like one person was interested out of this group of five people yeah sounds about right <laughs> i just i love when people make entirely niche systems and don't even get to flex it until like years down the line <laughs> oh but i would say next month game wise i'm looking forward to most is that idol game and uh April's going to be a busy month. Did you know that? Really? Not Cyberpunk? Uh, Cyberpunk doesn't come out till April, is what I mean. Oh, is it? I thought it comes in, like, in January. Oh, wait, no, that's a Doom Eternal. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm pretty sure Cyberpunk comes out in April, and so does Doom Eternal, which is... Uh, Doom Eternal is slated for late January. Uh, ooh. Let me get up a list now, because I'm going to get a list before I talk more my mouth off more. And I'm going to get a list It's at least what I remember being told, but they could have pushed it again because I know that it is slightly tied to Bethesda. I don't know what the relationship is. Bethesda is the one that publishes it, and id Software, I think, are the ones that develop it. Did Bethesda buy them out or something, or did they have, like, a merger? Yeah, no, they bought id Software a few years ago. That was a smart purchase. Yeah, I mean, these guys made Wolfenstein. They made it popular and relevant again. They made Doom. That's just enough. Oh, yeah. I mean, they made... I think they made Wolfenstein first. Then they made Doom. Then Wolfenstein New Order. And then Wolfenstein Youngblood and all that whatnot. And no, I'm talking about it originally. Is the, like, the original oh, brand? The original, yes, the original... Or, bleh, the original developer of Doom. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes, yes. They're the ones who made action-slash-shooter games a thing. Yeah, Exactly. Okay. Ooh, boy. So here we go. Ooh, boy. I'm looking at the release list. It's already a chock full of stuff. So the Resident Evil 3 remake comes out in April. Okay. So that's already one big thing. But then there's Cyberpunk, 
There's Predator okay. Hunting Grounds. Meh. And the Trials of Mana. Okay, so Doom's not slated for April. Yeah, I'm going to try to find Doom real quick. It's in March. Okay, that's what it is. Okay, so I was a little off. Oh, boy. And Persona 5 Royal comes out in March as well. Oh, gosh, and so does, and so does Neo 2. Oh, and Animal Crossing? Jesus. <laughs> oh, and the Final Fantasy VII remake. Of course it does. Oh, of course you're going to have Doom and FF7 in the same month. Well, they're going to be battling for the big game of the month. No, no joke. Jesus. And Persona 5 comes out. That's going to be the biggest dang thing as well. Christ. Uh, I feel like Persona's going to be stomped by Final Fantasy 7. Honestly, it's going to be hard to say. Because more people know, Pers like, the younger kids know Persona better than they do Final Fantasy 7 nowadays. But how many people, like, our age, or, like, our elder siblings age, first game of the Final Fantasy was Final Fantasy 7? Enough. Some even played, like, Final Fantasy 5 or 4 before that. Like, Final Fantasy has lasted longer than Persona, I will say that much, because that's obvious. Yeah, but what is the one game you hear when you talk about Final Fantasy? It's either 7, or 9, ten. 10. Ugh, 10. 9 was good, though. I did like 9 quite a bit. Oh, God, so what else is going... So, I'm just going to go through this... Li oh, this list in general has some really good ones. You know what comes out next month that's going to be really fun? Hmm. Yakuza. Like a but dragon. They, did they not finish that? Good lord. <laughs> no, Yakuza is going to be an ongoing thing until like 2030 probably when the director dies. <laughs> probably from like associating with Yakuza too much. <laughs> like literally, the guy who makes the Yakuza games is now deep in the neck of the rough crowd of the Yakuza because he likes them so much. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. What else would you expect? Right. Uh, the Dragon Ball Z game Kakarot comes out, I guess, but that's... I've heard about that. I'm really interested to see what they do with that. Yeah. I'm, like, ambivalent, I guess. Uh, Oddworld Stranger's Wrath gets a remix. Okay, that has me interested. That was my favorite Oddworld game. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna come out on the Switch on, 20, on January 23rd. That's... The Switch? Yeah, the Switch. That's unexpected. Why? I don't know. I thought Microsoft... Well, they haven't touched it since the original Xbox, so I guess the, the they, title was up and Nintendo... They just let it go, it. I guess. Stupid move there. Yeah, no joke. Oh, Yakuza 5 comes out in February. <laughs> Alongside Darksiders Genesis, the top-down version. Yeah. I haven't played any Darksiders game after the first one. I was like, this is not good. This is a worse God of War. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, Iron Man VR? Huh. Oh, One Punch Man the Fighting Game, A Hero Nobody Knows, comes out on February 28th. Oh, uh, yeah, I remember seeing stuff about that. I thought that the game was already... No, with Japanese versions already. Japanese versions out, yeah. It's coming to the West on January on February 28th. I've seen all the stuff, and it looks interesting. I love that the fact that Saitama doesn't take damage. I know, right? And, it, like, some heroes, like, there's a Saitama meter for some of the heroes. And once Saitama arrives, he just wins for them. <laughs> no, it's when you have Saitama and they all have the meter. That's how long it takes him to get there. And when he gets there, you just win. Yeah, right. That's ridiculous. Unless the other person has Saitama. And then they just hurt each other until the better Saitama winner person wins. <laughs> oh, and uh, in May, Last of Us 2 comes out, finally. 
I'm looking that forward to that. That game's been hyped to shit. I'm looking forward to it quite a bit, to be fair. The Last of Us is a classic at this point. Do you think it could even stand up to the hype train? I mean, I've been kind of keeping myself away from the hype train, so my expectations aren't really that built up. So that might be the best thing for me at this point. But I am looking forward to it a whole hell of a lot. Let's put it that way. And what are the games are coming out that are really really good looking right now? Oh, I guess PlayStation 5 comes out next winter, doesn't it? Jesus. Does it? I thought they were pushing it off a little bit further. Uh, I think they're trying to aim for a holiday release. Which makes sense, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2 comes out next year, so... Woo! And my, mm, wa- was... my wife's looking forward to Watch Dogs Legion, actually. <laughs> the second game was bad. Oh, probably. I, we never played it, but Watch Dogs Legion looks entertaining because she was just tickled to death by the fact that Grandma can just, like, put on a mask and start beating people to death with it. I mean, that is pretty interesting. Yeah, right. That's some, like, Saints Row shit. I'm looking forward to seeing whether or not Nintendo's gonna put out another Pokemon game or just give us a break for a year. Usually they do something in the year after, like, it's either side game... Or, or a remix or something like that or a remake it might be pearl they might finally give the community what they've been wanting a demon and pearl re- that might happen and honestly if they make it like if they gave switch technology to a remake but made it along the lines of let's say heart gold and soul silver that game will sell better than the first one they made let's put it that way it will sell better than sword and shield yes because sword and shield did sell really well, but it also could have sold way better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, lordy. So, but yeah, uh, a proper Diamond and Pearl remake would be really cool to see. Because the issue with 4th Gen that made it where, like, I have to make it, like, my caveats that it could, it's not the best generation is how slow yes. the game was. Yes, it was rather slow, admittedly. Mm, I mean, the XP gain, the animations, everything was just slow. I also just want them to have a proper end game content, like post storyline. Give us something to do, please. Just give us anything to do. What was there to do in the end of Diamond and Pearl? Was it the battle facility? It was the battle facility, yeah. Because I think that's the first generation it was introduced. Oh, no, no, no. It was the island thing. What? Oh! Remember you went to that second... Frontier! I, that, like, not the frontier. That was Emerald. But it had the island. Okay. It was the... Um... God, it's so hard to remember sometimes. Was it the, was it the frontier? I remember the it was like a factory or something because Barry's dad was part of the thing up there. Yeah, I think so. But there's like an island that had three different things on it, and like there were different things you can do. Uh, post game like content, the... Pokemon Diamond. Uh, blah 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 blah. I'm gonna go to the these <laughs> these game fact forums and see what I can mm-hmm. find. Uh, the Pal Park. That's what it is. That's one thing, uh, just to kind of get everything done. That, w- that w- You can access that anytime, though. That's true. 
Uh, I'm seeing that apparently people are saying like, yeah, there's the there's the facility. That's really about it. Sadly. Yeah, it was only the facility. Oh, and getting the Regigigas and Reg and yeah, oh, yeah. all that stuff. Gosh, I I did like the uh the Soul Sapphire and Ruby remakes they had on 3DS before the Switch came out. The Generation 3 remakes, I liked those quite a bit. So yeah, there it was the Frontier. Yes, yes it was. But why did I think that was Emerald? Was that the Battle Facility that was in the Emerald? It, well, they they have so similar names. It probably was honestly. Like it's actually kind of hard to keep in line and check it at any point at this point. Yeah, I remember in black and white they had like though that tree, that battle tree. Mm-hmm. And you could fight like Adler's grandson. <laughs> oh, and I saw. It was the Electric City as well. That's in black and white too, like the City of Electricity or something like that. It was after the you beat the Elite Four, you go to the city, and every trainer has like. Level 65 to 75 Pokemon. Ridiculous. I don't remember. The only thing I remember really doing with Black and White 2 was the um, tournament thing. Hmm. Yes? The world tournament thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. It kind of reminds me of like Sun and Moon where you become the Pokemon champion just by being there. <laughs> A lot of people want to like say that Kakui was the champion. That's not the. That's not true. That's. Mm, I mean, he kind of put things together, but he was not the champion. Nope. <laughs> there like... actually is not a champion fight in Pokemon uh, the Seventh Generation, unless you want to say a champion fight was the fight for becoming the first champion. Then I guess you could title that way. And I liked how you can go up there to defend your title, and they would randomly assign an NPC to come fight you. Yeah, that was the first time that was done, and I liked that. That's a huge I wish fun. that was done more. Because it's just kind of boring finding the person over. There's one guy who's like a special model who should have been, like, I think a part of the game. Yeah, it was, was like, the dragon dude, right? Yeah, Ryuki, or something like that. Yeah, he was supposed to be, like, the dude with the dragon trial. Cut him out. Yeah, I don't know why they cut him out. He looked awesome as hell. And they had some... He's got a cool team. God, yeah, he did. Oh, man. Anyway, I think we should draw this to a close. And, mm-hmm. uh... Oh, do you want like a little Christmas message, like anything like that? Um, hope everyone has a good holiday, and that family time, eat lots of food, enjoy time, have a nice day. Yeah, go out there, enjoy yourselves, just have a pleasant time. Just enjoy the time you have your family, or your friends if they're your family, or loved ones in general, and uh, eat well, drink a lot, and. Uh, Celebrate like you're going to celebrate New Year's, too, because that's coming up next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, thanks for being on here, and thanks for being a bud to play games like D&D with and to make podcasts with. Thank you for having me here. Yeah. All right. So I will draw this to a close, and we will see this audience next year, actually. That's not a thought. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Alrighty. Alright. Bye bye. Bye.